Hello and welcome to episode eight of the Lost to Step podcast. I am Mike Marcone here with Max Khan, Tom Pinto, and Mark DeStefano. What's up, fellas? What's up? Missed you guys. Oh, missed last you guys. Week. I was going to say, hello. how's everybody feeling? We took a week <laughs> off. We had people traveling. We had a guy leave a laptop on the West Coast. It's yeah. like we had a little yep. bit of a hiatus. Yep. Yep. What but happened with back. that, Pinto? Did we locate it or what? Um, No, I know. We never did. But uh, <laughs> I'm uh, back up, back Fun. running. And, Funny um, story here. He left his laptop in California and decided to wait till he got back to New York <laughs> to track it and figure out where it was. So even if he located it, what was what was the plan with IT from there with your school's I, IT I'm department? Not, I'm not really sure. I look at the end result is that I'm back. Okay. I'm here. And without there's a, laptop. a lot, there's a lot going on in the there sports is a lot going on in the sports right world, now. So. There's very, very <laughs> good, busy. I don't know how segue. we're going to fit this all. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, know how we're going to do it. Able to. We're going to try. <laughs> we're going to try. Great transition there. <laughs> Maybe you should uh, sit in the uh, anchor seat here. <laughs> One day. Uh, so, yeah. So, obviously, episode eight, big episode here. It is Monday, May 2nd. It is May. As Justin oh. Timberlake once said, it's going to be May. And it is, in fact, May. So, here we are. Uh, the draft, boys. A lot of craziness, honestly. Which is surprising to me without some top tier quarterback talent. You know, I wasn't really sure how the draft was going to go. Um, but some really crazy moves, trades, uh, a lot of things happening after the draft. Obviously, we'll get to DeAndre Hopkins a little bit later. So just initial thoughts. What do you guys think about the draft? Did you did you watch it rounds one and two? Well, I I did watch uh, the whole first round just because I, you know, the Packers picking in the 20s and they had two picks. I had to stay up late for that. But um I will say I do enjoy when drafts are like this rather than like a set number one pick, you know, like a Trevor Lawrence um, mm-hmm. or someone like that, because it's just you really don't know what's going to happen. And I honestly thought Aiden Hutchinson was going first. Um, and Me Trayvon too. Walker started. You hear more about him like closer to the draft. So I think drafts like this are cool because you just really don't know what's going to happen. Like predicting um, the top like 10 picks. I saw a lot of guys like did pretty well with it still. And I'm like, I don't understand how they how they know where guys are going. But yeah, I just thought it was a, a interesting draft and, uh, and yeah, initial thoughts. Um, I mean, Pinto will talk about his jets, I'm sure, but yeah, they've been getting a lot of praise from, from reporters. Um, and I, I think deservingly so. So, um, that's definitely a team that seems like they, they won the draft at least, you know, now. Yeah. I mean, I, I have, I have no complaints with, uh, with what the jets did. Um, especially in the first round. I liked all three of their picks. I think that there was a lot of discussion between whether with the second pick, whether then they should go with Wilson or Williams. Now, pound for pound, Williams is probably the better athlete, maybe a little more potential, but that injury history is tough and coming off a very serious knee injury. Now, he's going to come back this year, um, you know, fast track turf, um, in Detroit, he has the chance to be really, really special. But, you know, the Jets have a very young quarterback, a very young team. They need to help Zach Wilson now. It's not that there's a, you know, a veteran quarterback who could who could wait around another year for a guy to get healthy. They've got to get mm-hmm. Zach Wilson comfortable and give him as many outlets as he possibly can. That being said, I think Wilson, you know, and no disrespect to him as an athlete, he's he's very, very fast and athletic in his own right. And you know what, guys, to be honest with you, I am 
happy that the Debo Samuel trade didn't happen. I understand from his perspective that he just wants to be a wide receiver because he thinks that'll be able to give him a little bit of a longer career because he's not going to be knocked around as much. But something about that just kind of rubs me the wrong way that he doesn't want to do what's being really asked of him by his team and something that he flourished in last year and had the best year of his pro career. And I get it. He wants to stay healthy. He wants to have a long career. From that perspective, I get it for him. From a team perspective, it kind of rubs me the wrong way that he doesn't want to be kind of the Swiss Army knife anymore when he was so terrific at it last year and got the 49ers a quarter away from the Super Bowl. So I'm happy the trade didn't go through. I liked what they did. I liked the young kids. Um, and I, I can't find one report out there that does not like what the Jets did in the first round. All three picks yeah. trading up yeah, at the I end did. of the first round too. Um, I didn't. I, I guess they they really saw value um, in Jermaine Johnson. Um, I think a lot of draft people thought that he wouldn't be available at 26. The Jets saw that he was. They they made the moves necessary, and I, I guess it's a good feeling when you get the guy that you want to get by moving up to get him. So. No complaints with what the Jets did. Excited. And Mike, I I, I think um, the general consensus is the Giants did well in the first round too. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely happy about um, their first two picks. I think I think it made sense for them. I, you know, everyone was maybe well, not everyone, but some people were a little surprised with the Thibodeau pick um, at five. But it kind of made sense with uh, the top three tackles still out there for them to grab him, and then coming back at seven, um, they kind of knew. Okay, if the Panthers take Iquanu, we're happy with Neil. If they take Neil, we're happy with Iquanu. So I know they had them graded similarly. And uh, getting Neil to me, I love Alabama players. I love players with that kind of experience playing in that atmosphere with great coaching. Um, so I'm really, really happy with the Neil pick. And back to Thibodeau, I mean, we haven't had an edge rusher really since JPP that has, you know, been a game changer for us. So I heard he um, was the last first round draft pick that the Giants signed. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. 10 years uh, ago. Right. So, I mean, I'm really happy with those two first round picks. I think um, some people were questioning, you know, Thibodeau's commitment to the team and his work ethic and stuff like that. But from what I've heard reports out of the Giants, you know, facilities and stuff is they've done extensive research. And I can tell, you know, with, with Joe Shane, like he, he is the complete opposite of Gettleman. Gettleman would like reach at guys. He'd call them hog mollies. He'd find some guy that weighed 350 <laughs> pounds and draft them just for the heck of it. And, I hated that. And this, it was like, he was trying to be too smart. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's trying to find that diamond in the rough when it's like, you have a first round pick, man. Like, why are you drafting a kid from Duke with, you know what I mean? That just because he got knocked down a thousand times and got up a thousand and one (laughs) doesn't mean you draft the guy with the six overall pick. So, um, with Thibodeau, you know, I think, I think he could be a game changer for us on defense. Um, and one cool thing I I've been reading about and, and seeing is that, uh, the giants actually reached out to Michael Strahan to kind of mentor him. And he's been in touch with Thibodeau throughout the draft process. They've been FaceTiming and um, I think that could be huge for us. So I'm really, really happy with what they did with the first two picks. And Joe Shane seems really calculated in what he wants to do with the franchise moving forward. He, he traded back twice in the second round. Um, so, you know, 11 draft picks. I'm happy with it. I'm curious, I, uh, Mike, uh, Max, I just want to ask Mike one question. Did you mm-hmm. want the back-to-back lineman pick or did you want Thibodeau and then whichever one Carolina didn't pick? Yeah, no. So I, I, I definitely wanted 
I was, if Thibodeau was there, I wanted him right. because kind of like what I said, it makes sense with the two top tackles still right. there. And then they would uh, get we, the other one. We need, we need game changers on the offensive line and defensive line. We have been weak in, in both areas. Um, and I think that's huge for us just, you know, building on the inside and out. So, um, I'm really, really happy with the way that it went. And that's, that's what I was hoping for. I, I was actually going to talk about something similar, but I was actually, so I thought it'd be interesting, which I, I thought the giants did a good job. I liked those first two picks, but I thought it would have been interesting. And if there was any thought of them taking two offensive linemen, um, whether it was maybe like Neil five and then like cross seven or something like that, because of yeah. how bad their offensive line has been, like maybe they just stack up that offensive line with two guys that they feel, you know, can be game changers and though we, we cannot get to the quarterback. We haven't gotten to the quarterback. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's Aziz why I'm not saying, as a yeah. rookie last year was our our best defensive player, and it'll be nice to see him and Thibodeau, you know, on either side, just you know, causing some havoc. But yeah, I look to be honest with you, I I was I knew that Gettleman was gone. It's a new regime, and and I was going to be happy with whatever they did because I knew they were going to take at least one offensive lineman, and I think yeah. I think it would have been fine if they took two and just shirt up that offensive line, because our weapons on offense, I mean, our defense hasn't been bad really. It's just, they're on the field so much that, you know, when you, you keep giving up the ball on offense and you play so much defense, you're going to get tired. So I would have been happy with two offensive linemen in the first round, but the way that it, it shook out, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm over this, the moon and I'm excited. This draft was interesting too, because like right when the season ended, you knew the jets and the giants both had like high picks, which I feel yeah. like doesn't happen a lot with like two teams, but then the lions, um, at two, and then they traded with the Vikings to get that 12th pick to t- take, uh, Jamison Williams. So it just seemed like mm-hmm. there was a couple teams that had a couple early picks and can not necessarily change their franchise just from that. But like those fan bases definitely are feeling a little bit better or maybe a lot better after, after the draft, just having something to be excited about with, with two uh, top picks like that. I think yeah. the Jets fan base has felt good ever since Adam Gase was let go. I mean, that definitely <laughs> old crazy eyes. <laughs> so I have to bring up, uh, I was watching, I was, I was sitting in my living room and watching the draft and I see the, uh, you know, the Titans Eagles trade come up and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? AJ Brown, man, to the Eagles, obviously NFC East. That's not great. Um, Jalen Hurts couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat, but I'm sure AJ Brown will catch a few passes from him and maybe a couple touchdowns, but that was crazy. I I did not see that coming. I did not expect it. And then for the Titans to go ahead and basically just draft a clone of AJ Brown with that pick, it's, I mean, he, he came out saying, you know, they didn't offer enough money. Uh, it's, this isn't my fault. You know, it's just the way it shook out. They, I forget what the deal was. They offered him I think less than 20 million a year. Now he's got what five year or four years, hundred million or something. So something crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Any I thoughts mean, on that trade. So when I saw that, obviously thinking as a fan first, um, it didn't seem like a crazy trade for the Packers to make. And I don't know if it was more of a money thing that they didn't want to give that kind of deal to Brown, but like I thought that would have been a great spot to go and get him. Um, I don't know if the Eagles or the Titans wouldn't have done it because the Packers didn't have as good of a pick. Um, But so I was disappointed about that. Just thinking maybe, I mean, I had a good feeling the Packers weren't making a big move like that because that's just not what they do. But then thinking of it from like the Eagles Titans, you know, standpoint, I don't know. I feel like they'll maybe let Hertz, maybe they won't be so run heavy like they were last year. But like if Hertz really just isn't that good, then like, 
they kind of have to stick to what he's good at and what they were success successful with, but they now have Brown and Devonte Smith. So like mm-hmm. you would think they'd try and throw more and like, you know, have a more balanced attack. So I think it will be interesting to watch that offense. And then the Titans. Yeah. I mean, Pinto Pinto, a big uh, Derrick Henry fan for fantasy. Standpoint. Oh, he's going to, if he's healthy, he's going to 45 carries a game. <laughs> yeah. So they're going to so, run yeah, that coming off an injury though. Coming I know, but you know, he's probably rehab. Have you ever, I, you've seen those videos of Derrick Henry working out. I mean, the man is athletes do such stupid, the man is non-functional is workouts crazy. in their rehab just for social media though. No, they no, no, not, a, not, not, Pre pre Derrick Henry injury, you've seen those videos of his workouts. Oh, yeah. The man, the man's a freak. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course he's a freak. I mean, <laughs> look at him. But yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, he is. If you're playing the Titans, right, and you're a defense, you put nine men in the box and say, "Here, Ryan Tannehill, come beat us." It's gonna be like a high school football game. Who's their number two now, or who's their number one now? Well, so oh, it's Julio, right? No, so Julio's not even signed. Oh, he's yeah. not even signed yet. So they drafted Burks with the pick they traded with right, the Eagles. Right, right, so right. Took him. So I mean, I'm guessing they're they're hoping he's the real deal and right. he's their number one. But like they've got you know uh, Westbrook Akinney or whatever his name is, and like make some them random throw. guys. Make them put nine men in the box. You know, bring in the uh, bring in the the defensive line coach if you have to if you have to tackle Derrick Henry. <laughs> do what you got to do and just stop the run. Maybe they'll surprise us again, but I don't think they'll be a, a number one seed this year. <laughs> well, no, they just... have the Texans and the Jaguars in their division, That's which true. does not hurt matters, especially yeah. with a very curious Texans number three overall pick. Curious. Yeah. So another big splash, uh, well, trade. Obviously, uh, the Ravens traded Hollywood Brown to the Cardinals mm-hmm. um, for what was it? Their first round pick in a think a Ravens third rounder whatever it was um Lamar Jackson obviously very displeased with that and I know him and Hollywood were like good friends I don't know if it was growing yeah, up it in Florida like it or whatever sure. it was and um just a crazy two drafts I think wide receiver wise I, I mean we see now with the DeAndre Hopkins thing coming out um with the performance enhancing drugs he's gonna miss six weeks or whatever it was for a beaver tranquilizer Right. Taking a page out of the average Joe's Classic book, Bernice. But, yeah. Uh, thoughts on that trade? I mean, it, it, it makes me think how committed are the Ravens to having Lamar Jackson as their quarterback? If they just traded his best receiver, maybe not his best asset because Mark Andrews is, is such a stud at mm-hmm. tight end. So I can't say their best asset, but are they really going to pay Lamar Jackson the money that he is going to demand or are they is is could they move on from him right when you make a trade like that it's i mean i, I don't think it's i don't think it's wrong to question could they move on from him now that they traded brown and took a weapon a big weapon away from him a weapon that right. he had a lot of success with i think it might also show Maybe their faith in Rashad Bateman, who was a rookie last year, he missed the beginning of the year. That's a good point. Had some good, ga- had some good games late, but no, I I agree with you. It'll be interesting this Ravens team, um, but like you said, Mark Andrews still there, so he's so he's good. got he's got him. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'll but be that interested takes Rashad Bateman um, if he steps up and becomes that that number one receiver. Marquise Brown, though, I mean, you got to think about it. He 
when he's on the field, he's going to, he's going to draw a lot of attention, which opens up the field for Mark Andrews. Right. right. So when you yeah. don't have a player like that stretching the field, so I mean, he had 91 catches for over a thousand yards last year and so 21 ne- touchdowns in three seasons. Right. So, I mean, he hasn't lived up to like all the expectations and hype. I mean, I don't know if you guys knew this. I was reading it earlier. He was drafted in 2019. I had a Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, and Terry McLaurin. Right. So how would you compare his first few years to those guys? I would say on that list, is he better than Debo? Is he better than DK, AJ and Terry? Maybe better than Terry. Yeah, he's probably better than Terry. But it also, I guess it's where you're drafted and who you're playing with and right. the ability to throw the ball. But speaking still, I don't know. What you just said, Mike, will now be interesting to see how Travis Kelsey can produce now with Tyreek Hill gone. Same deal. Very true. Same deal. Not that, and yeah. I, I think Smith Schuster, he's not Tyreek Hill. We all, we're not going to talk crazy and say that he's Tyreek Hill. I think he can be, a, you know, I think Patrick Mahomes can make a lot of people have a nice number one production kind of season. Um, but yeah, that, that'll be interesting to see how Kelsey, um, if his numbers take a little bit of a drop with, uh, with Tyreek now in South Florida. Yeah. And yeah, I think no, I too, agree. the chiefs, um, a guy that I thought maybe would get drafted a little earlier, um, the chiefs drafted a receiver in the second round, I believe, um, sky Moore, Yeah. With the 54th overall pick. Right. Uh, maybe he's a guy that like adds to that receiving core and because they end up having maybe some more trustworthy options there, not just Hill, um, that, Maybe Kelsey isn't affected too much. I mean, he's also getting older too, so I don't know if he'll put up the production he was putting up a couple of years ago. But um, doesn't show too many signs there. of slowing down, though. No, not right Kelsey. now, at least. Um, but yeah, I think they have enough weapons there. Where, I mean, no one's going to be Tyree Kill, it seems, but um, I think Kelsey will still. They they won't be able to completely defenses won't be able to completely focus on Kelsey with with some of the guys they have, and and if more works out, then that's just another weapon for Mahomes. So. So we'll right. see, but yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely think it's obviously different with without Hill. Quick, um, before we move on to the NBA, I love the Steelers drafting Kenny Pickett, keeping him in. Yep, yep. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame talent, but I think that's a really nice fit for for the Steelers. I, I think he'll be able to to slide in, into their well, and I think the Steelers can remain competitive. Um, with him, I mean, do they did they sign a veteran backup? Trubisky. That's right, yeah. Trubisky. Um, so, do you do you think Pickett starts right away? No, I don't. I think Trubisky's going to start the first couple. I think he'll be in there maybe by game five, game six. I think so. I I don't think he's going to start right away. Um, I don't think it's a, the worst. I don't think it's the worst. Uh, the worst problem to have if he doesn't start right away. Uh, but I, I I think that was a very good pick by the Steelers. I was just going to ask, speaking of rookie quarterbacks now, um, what do you guys think of Malik Willis? I mean, he some people thought he was going maybe to the Steelers at that pick, um, and then he mm-hmm. dropped all the way, I believe, to the third round of the Titans, which that's kind of interesting. But oh, what a little pressure on Tannehill. Yeah. yeah. Like we, like I said earlier, I mean, this draft obviously wasn't a quarterback-heavy draft. There wasn't a right, crazy yeah. amount of talent. And I think if there was a team that was in absolute dire need of a quarterback, he would have went earlier, but I think everybody was pretty comfortable with what they had and he ended up falling. And to be fair, like Pinto just said, I think he could put some pressure on Tannehill and I think he's got a skill set to be a good player in the NFL. It's just a matter of, is he going to fit into a scheme on that team? You know what I mean? Is he going to want to, is he going to start and just what hand the ball off 
you know, 75 right. times a game or you speaking don't, you don't of an uh, athlete like that to just hand the ball off. So. Speaking of QBs, did you guys see what former Super Bowl MVP is available now? I don't think so. You guys see that? Uh, let me think. Super Bowl MVP is it Joe Flacco? Nick Foles. Oh, uh, yes, I did see he got was cut by the released. Bears. So he is yep. available. He'll latch on somewhere. Wow. Can we also talk? I know, Mike, you mentioned Hopkins, but I mean, what do you guys think? with the Cardinals bringing in Brown, I guess from, from the Cardinals side of things, I mean, Hopkins is missing six games. I mean, do you think the Cardinals like how that affects them? And is Brown just going to step in and be that number one and be really he's good. Gonna Tyler? To. He's going to have to, he's, he's going to, he's going to have to, um, with yeah. Christian Kirk gone, um, you know, they AJ do have Green, a good run is, game. Is he still there. No, I believe hope. Green's a free agent still. I think AJ, AJ Green, Green is a free agent. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Brown's, Brown's, Brown's the guy. He's uh he's got to carry the load until Hopkins gets back in that tough to well, although we expect Seattle to take a step back. But San Francisco and the Rams, um, obviously two very tough foes, tough division. Yeah. So I think the Rams are gonna which I know we've got time, but I think the Rams are uh are going to run away with that one, honestly. I think the Niners take a step back. I think the Seahawks won't be very good. So it will be up to the Cardinals maybe to challenge them. But maybe I'm wrong about the Niners, so we'll see. But I think the Rams but, uh, are going to win you're by a couple bitter. games. I, I mean, that's a little bit, too. Real quick, Matt, part of it too. what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Odell or Debo to the Packers who need a wide receiver? So I, I don't think Odell would be terrible just because – we don't. I don't think the Packers necessarily need him right away. Um, what he's going to probably be out until November, I think. Report like early reports are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they got him for you know, hopefully they'd be competitive to that point, and if he can play for four to six regular season games and then be pretty much a what he did with the, the playoffs. Yeah, I think I think that would be pretty good for them. I don't see them doing it just because again, I feel like the Packers just don't really do stuff like that. Like. They bring in guys like Sammy Watkins who maybe are just on the cheap and hope they get yeah. something out of them. But I, I wouldn't mind that. Debo, I think if it happened, I would be happy just because it would be like, you know, you know what he can do. Um, but again, I don't see them bringing him in and I don't see them wanting to like pay someone like that after getting rid of Adams. Um, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what if something happens with Debo. It seems like the Niners maybe got some offers and didn't re- weren't very impressed with any of them. So I don't know if the Packers were part of that, but it seems like the Packers just don't really make trades like that. So so I'd be really surprised if uh, Debo goes there. Odell wouldn't be as surprising just because it seemed like he really wanted to be there last year, at least a top three choice for him. Um, so that will be something to keep an eye on. But I'd be I'd be OK with that. All right, boys. So I think it's time to move on to the NBA here. Um, round one for me was pretty exciting. Um, aside from Max's Bucks just destroying the Bulls with all the injuries and you know Zach Levine and health protocols and all that stuff, they just that that was not a good series. But Jimmy Butler um, and the Heat rolling over Atlanta. I don't know what's going on with Trey Young. We can talk about it in a couple minutes, but he just did not look like himself. He did not look like the player that he was last year. Um, Philly, you know, rolling over Toronto. I wouldn't say rolling over Toronto, um, but, you know, going in four to two in the series, playing tonight without Joel Embiid after the orbital fracture with the the stupid airplane celebration. Um, let's talk about those those first two series first. Let's talk about the heat over Atlanta and, and Philly over Toronto. Thoughts? I mean, 
if you watch the Heat defense, it's refreshing to see that defense can still exist in the NBA. They're so long. They're so athletic. They switch yep. on everything. I'm sure you guys saw that ESPN highlight, the breakdown highlight of him getting picked up by P.J. Tucker, then Adebayo's getting him at half court, then they switch, and Butler and his long arms is guarding him in the wing. You know, they they said, we will throw everything at you and let the other guys beat us. And they, it's, it's so, and he's so slippery and so elusive and so quick to do it without fouling and without fouling your guys out is so impressive. The heat are just a, a well oiled, well coached machine up by 19 on the Sixers right now. They're about to win game one. Um, Damn that changed quickly. They don't, yeah, they don't, they don't have 50 at half. They don't, they don't have many weaknesses. The Heat. They are, you know, maybe three point shooting. They're they're not the greatest. Um, although Hero and Robinson always have the ability to um, catch fire. But they're they're such a well coached team, hey, and their defense is their, their defense is so impressive <laughs> to watch. Well, as a Bucks fan, when I saw PJ Tucker leave the Bucks to sign with the Heat, that was probably the last place I wanted him to go, just because I saw what he did for the Bucks last year. He obviously isn't going to do much for you on offense but he just like is this pesky like get out like he's just in your face like this little like what like chihuahua i'm trying to think of like a dog (laughs) that just like is jumping in your face and like he's just like all over the place and like he's a guy you want on your team and you don't want to see on the other side and so the heat were already a tough uh matchup for the bucks in years past um even though the bucks did beat them last year in the playoffs and so to see tucker added to that defense it just I don't, I don't like that. So, yeah, definitely a tough team defensively. Kyle Lowry is out, but it obviously doesn't seem to to affect them, and maybe they won't even need him for this series. And Bede needs to play game three or this series. Is for sure, quickly. yeah. Yeah. So yeah I agree with that. And James Harden cannot be the guy anymore. We know no, he can't do it. No. But 16 yeah. points tonight. Come on. I think a major factor is going to be, you know, Maxi has those games where he goes off for 30. Right. Or he has those games where he goes, you know, two for 15 from the floor and, you know, misses two free throws and, and they struggle. So I think he'll be a major factor too. But yeah, obviously, if Embiid can't be back for game three, it's, it's an absolute Done. shellacking. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Uh, and then we obviously had, like I, I talked about, we had the, the Bucks over Chicago. Um, and then the Brooms came out, boys. The Celtics over the Nets, which I think we talked about it. I, I'm pretty sure I, I said, said it was going to go seven. I said, I said seven. Seven. I said Celtics and seven. No one I thought that was going to be. Don't get me wrong; it was an exciting series to watch. All the like, games were close. Those games. All the yeah. games were close. Yeah, none of them they were, were blowouts. They were all close. I, I just I did not see a sweep coming. And and to your point, Pinto, about the Heat and their defense, Boston played some old school in your face get after you like defense like it was fun to watch i'm not i hate i really don't like the celtics like historically but it was fun to watch them play and it was it was fun to watch you know tatum step up and really show what he can do and and the spotlight and that was cool to see but you know kevin durant and and kyrie i just especially kevin durant people had him as you know the best player in the world uh, many people rated him obviously top three and stuff. And I just, the way that he performed and especially in the first, I think it was the first two games. He just, he didn't seem like he had that it factor that I'm going to get to the, I'm going to get to the paint. I'm going to get my buckets. You know, I'm going to do everything I can to have my team win. And 
I think that was a big factor in why they got swept. I think people, the reason why they had the third, what, third highest odds to win the title was because they have a guy like Kevin Durant, obviously, and then Kyrie Irving. But really, like if you watch them all season, yes, Kyrie didn't play the whole season and some people were expecting Simmons to play. It just seemed like there was too much to overcome there. And like if you don't play, you know, we just talked about the Heat if they and the Celtics. If you don't play defense, I don't know why people would pick them to go super far. It seemed like they had a chance to get by the Celtics, but they weren't going to win a ton of series with the way they were playing defense. And um, especially without Simmons, who obviously would have helped on defense. Um, so, so yeah, I think people were just kind of looking at Durant and Kyrie and said, oh, they can carry them, but obviously not. Can we can we talk about Ben Simmons for a second? Ugh. I have to extend the show a little bit. Look, I'm, I'll, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put it this way, okay? <laughs> if he has a mental issue that prohibits him from playing basketball, if he came out and said that. People would understand. People would empathize. People would relate to seeing someone in their own family that has a mental problem, mental disorder. People would empathize with that. The tease that they gave to the fans, to the media, was disingenuous. It was. Mm -hmm. And then when we think it's his back and then the criticism starts, then all of a sudden when he goes back on the, the I'm not mentally ready to play, then you can't criticize. And he's immune from criticism because you can't criticize someone who has a mental problem, and, and, and rightfully so. But if that, is the, if that is the core of the problem, if his back is being hurt because of the mental stress that he's on, that needs to be said. That needs to come out. The specifics need to be said. Or else mm-hmm. the tease that they gave the fans, the media, and the NBA is disingenuous. And it's not fair and it's not right. I think I agree with you. I agree with you. And and him coming out and saying, or whatever report they came out saying that, you know, his his uh the mental block about him playing because of his struggles from the playoffs previously are causing the back pain that's not allowing him to play now. For that to come out after they get swept after there was announced that he was going to play game four. Like you just said that like, it sounds like excuses and I don't want to say that he doesn't have that. Right. Exactly. But it's so hard. It's so hard from an outside perspective to say that, that that he wanted to play basketball this year. It's so hard to look at it. And, and maybe, maybe he did and maybe he just couldn't overcome it. But a professional athlete whose job is to, you know, that is what you are getting paid millions of dollars to do, to be competitive and have that, you know, drive to want to be great. It's just a shame. It, it, it That's what it is in my mind. It's a shame that he wasn't able to step foot on a court this year because number one, it would have helped the Brooklyn Nets possibly overcome the Celtics. And number two, it would have been good for basketball. And that would have been a great comeback story. Like, Hey, we had this guy struggling with mental health issues. He, you know, he wasn't the great in the greatest situation. He got out of it. He came back and it's just a shame that he wasn't able to, to find time on the court. And another thing as a teammate, you know, they, they probably have a little bit more of an understanding of what's going on. I, if I'm Ben Simmons, I don't know if I can look those guys in, in the eye. eye. I don't right. know if I can walk in that line on room. the same page after the, after that right. sweep then be like, guys, let's get ready to work for next year. No, like, bro, go somewhere else with this. Cause like Max said, it was almost too much to overcome. I kind of feel the, bad. 
I'm sorry, Max. I'm saying I, I kind of feel bad for Kevin Durant in a way, right? He's a guy that would run through fire to play basketball. He's got one teammate that could walk the earth tomorrow <laughs> for all we know. And he has another teammate where you have better odds of hitting the lottery than to figure out when he's going to play. And these are yeah. the, the two thirds of his big three. Sorry, Max, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, which we may never know, but when the Nets traded for made this trade, like, what do you think they were expecting? Were they expecting Simmons just to play in the playoffs? Were they expecting him? Maybe not. Like, did they have a good feeling he wasn't going to play at all this year? Like, there's what do you guys no think? way. There's Damn. no way you make that trade and have the, this huge social media thing and all these people excited about it. There's no way you make that trade without assuming that he'd be back for at least the first round of playoffs. You're unless thinking in the back they just, of your head. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, if, unless they like just needed to get rid of Harden and that was like the way they had to do it. I, I mean, I obviously don't know, but like, I'm just, it just seems like they should have had a better idea on, on him and, I don't know how much they talk to someone like that before you make a trade for a player. I don't know if there's any talks, but it just when you're seems, getting rid of Harden, seems very weird. When you're getting rid of Harden, I think you have to do some extensive research or at least like have communication because there's other teams I'm sure that would have taken Harden. Yeah. You know what I mean? That could have offered more draft picks or something like that. So what do we It know? just seemed like Did Harden really was just know? done with them. So I, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but, no, I agree. They, I'm sure another team playoff contender or maybe like a, nine seed or something would have pushed for Harden as well. So, yeah, I mean, just very weird situation. And it's something that obviously will be interesting next year as well with Kyrie and Simmons and that, that team in general, most infuriating franchise in the NBA, maybe all of sports right now next to the Cowboys, right? It's like the the next to the Cowboys probably one in one a of infuriating (laughs) franchises. And you know what guys, another thing too, they thought the Nets thought that they could, take over the city, take over New York, man, they can't. The Knicks had more buzz with RJ Barrett's bank three in December against the Celtics, All which right. helped Here turn the set. No, it's Here true. Do it's, it's, it's true. They thought they could do it. Credit to them for trying. I'm in the city every day. There is no buzz mm-hmm. about this team. There's no buzz about this franchise. They Before... try. It's not there. Right. Like, like sometimes I feel bad if a franchise leaves and the fans that they leave behind, Oakland Raider fans, those are loyal people. I feel bad that they lost their team. I do. The Brooklyn Nets packed up and went to Austin tomorrow. I'm telling (laughs) you, everyone would go about their day, go about their business. No one would blink. You think? Yeah, I do. I really, really do. I I don't think anyone would cry if the Nets packed up and left. Says the Knicks fan. I I'm think right. a couple yeah. people would, but yeah, I think there'd be some unhappy. I'm telling you, man, it wouldn't Jay-Z be the same would as the Knicks. Pissed, I'm telling you, they are pissed. not a big deal down here. Also, yeah. well, so before we talk about, because I don't know if we're going to touch on some the the round two matchups, but I was actually going to nominate them, which they're not our our losses set for this week. But the Utah Jazz, do they just have to switch things up? Like they're yeah, dude, they're they can't win in the playoffs. Like it's time, it's time. They Donovan lost to a Mavs Mitchell team that, the what, Luka didn't play the first couple games? Right. Like, if you, you got to take doing, care of that if team. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again and get the same result, that's the definition of insanity. Of insanity. They, yeah. Right? Yep. They, they have to blow hey, it. How, you can only go so far. So, Pinto, just while we're on the Jazz, what do you think yeah. about Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks? Oh, I would love it, man. Well, I know you would love it. I'm be the best point guard since Clyde Frazier. I know you would love it, but what what is the likelihood? What are you thinking? Because that's that's been a huge thing. As people were saying, you know, 
he's been saying his goodbyes. So let me give you a better answer after the draft and see who the Knicks take. Cause I don't, I don't know if the Knicks right now, I don't know if there is a point guard that they be feel brave, be-, be brave here. Be then bold no. on this no. podcast. Okay. Then no, I don't think he's coming. I think the Knicks are going to try to go cheaper and try to draft the point guard. And how does that make you feel? Um, hmm. Nervous that they're going to draft the wrong one. Yeah. Nervous. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nervous. I would love Mitchell if for the right package. Oh man, I would love it. And he's from here, local guy, Elmsford. I just York. think him, him and Gobert need to go their their separate they're ways because I don't. It doesn't seem like they're dumb. ever going to be annoying. He could he could average. 15 assists a game if you just played the right way with Gobert. Blow it up. I th- I think they still just aren't on the same page. Like, I honestly think when all that COVID stuff be. happened. I could lob and the ball up 15 times. I could just throw it up to the hoop and go. Chemistry is bigger than some, what, what people think. And I think that's part of it, too, with the Jazz. I don't. They just yeah. they just can't go far. They can't they win. They have it in the regular season. Also, what the, is jazz, it? the Jazz defense in game six in the second half was awful the the every it seems like every possession dallas had an open three-pointer they, they couldn't yeah. stop it they could not stop open three-pointers it was it was it was yeah. almost comical yeah i agree so obviously we talked about that series and um you know the the mavs move on to play the suns tonight and suns you know even without booker they didn't they struggled a little bit, but they still seem like the most. The Heat are pretty complete. I think the Suns are a complete basketball team. They have everything that it takes. Um, sure helps when your point guard goes. Interesting series. Yeah, sure helps when your know. point guard goes fourteen for fourteen in Game Six. Man, he was so yeah. good, Chris Paul. Yeah, he. It seems like it's funny watching Chris Paul play play basketball because, like, when he has the ball, he can pretty much do whatever he wants. He can either get an assist whenever he wants, or he's gonna get to his spot somehow. Even though elbow he's like five eleven, that right elbow, yeah, thing of beauty. He's gonna get to his spot, but he scores. It's it's almost like he waits to score until he has to. It's fun to watch him play because he just picks defenses apart, and he's so experienced. And I think the uh, maybe league this is could just here finally. I think the league is just hoping for a Suns Warriors conference finals. <laughs> Man, I would love that. And guys, you know what? I want to tell you one thing. After Game One yesterday between the Warriors and the Grizzlies. That look in John Morant's eye just mm. said, "Man, we let one slip." You could just yeah. and and not that 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 was not that he let it slip with that last shot because that was a tough shot and the Warriors right, defended yeah. it well, so he didn't miss an easy one. But you could just see the look in his eye that, "Damn, we we let one man we, we let one get away." And yeah. nine out of ten times. When you lose game one in the NBA, you don't win the series. That's tough at home. If they lose game two, done. Over. Yeah, done. They need I think to win tomorrow. It was really interesting to see, um, you know, the the first round, Minnesota gave Memphis, surprisingly, just about everything that they could handle. They had three, um, and three it was really, leads in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's crazy. It's interesting to see just how important matchups are um, in the playoffs, especially because John Morant, against Minnesota was a completely different John Morant than the one that we saw against Golden State. And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, defensive matchups and how the game plays out and stuff. But um, it's fun to see John Morant, you know, being explosive and scoring 30 points a game. He's great. And it was frustrating for me to watch John Morant, you know, struggle 
to even get an open look, you know, when he's averaging 10 assists, great. But you know, you want that guy scoring like that. What he does is he gets to the rim. He's explosive. He's fun to watch and he makes the game fun. So, um, I think this series could be a really fun one, but like you said, if they have to know, win they, tomorrow, yeah, yeah, they got yeah. they have to play like that's game seven of the NBA finals tomorrow. They yeah. cannot go back too well to Golden State, or that's gonna end real quick. They they got to get tomorrow. What are the quick uh, Buck Celtics thoughts? I I think uh, that Giannis can impact the game so well, even when he doesn't shoot tremendously from the field like he did yesterday, impacting the game in, in so many other ways and he and he he has to do he has to even have an increased role now that middleton's out yeah. uh it, is he out for the whole series max they announced that he was yeah whole series right so even if they go seven it's, so it seems even, like they already said he's done even even more pressure on them and no no late game collapses no bad possessions at the end of the game yeah. yesterday just a clean solid road win yesterday extremely impressive performance by them all around not yeah. just him entire team yeah drew holiday played really well he did and i think and their role bobby players portis. they need the role yeah. players to step up yep bobby portis is really important for them and i've seen him i've Bug-eyed watched bobby. him the last few weeks and he's just i mean he he's a really talented basketball player and i i didn't really notice that until the last few weeks watching a ton of basketball but um, you know, he's, he can rebound. He, he's not too bad handling the ball. He can pull up, he can shoot. He's, he's a good player. And I think he'll be really important too. And I hate Grayson Allen, but he's, he's been pretty lights out. <laughs> I can't three, stand so. him either. I can't I think, stand the guy, but, but I man, I mean, he's pretty automatic. I think he, I think he struggled a little bit last game, but especially in round one, he was just, he was unbelievable. He had a couple of big games. Yeah. I think a lot of people also, Unless you're watching the Bucks often, which they're on TV now, especially the last few years with Giannis uh, being as good as he is, um, and they've had really good teams. They've been on TV, you know, national TV, but especially playoffs, I think people realize how like physical and how good of a defense they are because people don't talk about them a ton. Um, they start to once they actually watch these these Bucks play, so that's something that people overlook as well. And the Celtics were coming in pretty confident after sweeping the Nets and. The Bucks not having Middleton, so I think I think people expect the Celtics to win this in like six games, and Bucks might be making that different. Uh, so I'm glad they they got the game one win, um, taking home court advantage. So we'll see how game two goes tomorrow night. I think it's fun to see Horford against Lopez. They're about 110 years old between the two <laughs> of them. <laughs> My question is, I didn't I didn't really look into this too much. How um, how healthy is Marcus Smart? Apparently, he's questionable for game two. Yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, that's huge. huge. He'll play. I'm sure if he's questionable there, he's going to have to play unless he's tough it out. You know, he yeah. can't defensive player of the year that figure out a way. That's yeah. a bigger loss than Middleton. if he misses any time, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. He's huge for them. You know, he's kind of he brings like a lot to them. Yeah. He, he keeps him ticking and um, he's, he's been a great player down the stretch for them. So that's interesting for me. That's that's a storyline if he if he misses time i don't think they have a chance against yeah, the tough. bucks team who's they get rolling at the right time and like pinto said Giannis is a little bit too dominant so. already stole the home court yeah uh did we get through all the round two hey uh, max i have a i have a question for you Uh-oh. Um, not to get too ahead but if it's bucks heat conference finals would you drive down to miami for a game probably not to be honest with you i think it'd be more not the drive it'd be the ticket prices i don't know what those would look like what what do you think a conference game finals 
a game one ticket would be 300 400 no. uh, maybe you think less mike i don't think less. yeah i mean i guess it depends on where you're sitting and when you get them how you get them it would be tough not to i guess because you know i mean it's still a decent drive for me but yeah i think the price would be the only thing keeping me not the drive i don't mind doing that um so we'll see but but i'd be interested in doing that i also think i don't know if i'd want to that heat crown might be a little a little wild so i don't know if i can uh, wear all my buck stuff there yeah, <laughs> yeah don't yeah. be scared of that crowd be scared of somebody <laughs> yeah that'll crowds. be don't be scared that'll be that interesting crowd. uh interesting if that does happen i'll i guess we'll we'll see check back next week yeah <laughs> well do we shouldn't be do over we want to make a week maybe be five or six but we'll see sorry mike go on well like you talked about pinto sometimes there's seven days between games so you know right know. right right of course <laughs> Do we want want to make any bold predictions here about the um, NBA? Well, series already started. I said that the Celtics were going to win this series in seven to myself okay. yesterday. Uh, I said the Warriors were going to win in five. I said the Suns were going to win in five. And the Heat was tough because we don't know when Embiid's going to come back. But assuming he doesn't play in game two, then I said Heat in five. My Heat and four. If if Embiid doesn't play, Heat sweep. My somewhat bold prediction, which I don't think this would be crazy if it did happen, but I do think the Mavs maybe make it a little more of a series than people expect. So maybe six. I I don't know about seven, but just just keep it a little closer than than you know four or five. So nothing too crazy, but Luca makes it interesting. Yeah, I I tend to agree with Pinto on a few of his. I, I could see Golden State Memphis going to going to six, not five, but it all depends, like I talked about. If if Morant can, you know, if he's scoring 30 points a game, you know, Curry, Clay, Poole, they could have an off day shooting. So we'll see. I do think Bucks Celtics go seven. I think the Celtics get game two for sure. Um, if Smart's out, obviously we talked about that changes things, but if Smart's pretty close to 100% somewhat. Um, I think they take game two. They play well. They shoot better. And uh, and then it goes to Milwaukee, and we'll see. But, yeah, I think that one. I think that one's going to go seven. I think it's going to be a close series. That's a good yeah. tease, Max, the Celtics shooting better. It's a good tease for the end of the show. There you go. Well, Stay before <laughs> before we get to too far gone here, uh, should we move on to NHL playoff? Sure, yes. why not? We're covering it all Lead today. Us here, Pinto. Lead us off here. NHL playoffs. The NHL playoffs starting today on ESPN. Games on ESPN hey, today. First time since to... 2004. Yep. Since we had Jerome Ginla and Marty St. Louis <laughs> and Le Cavalier in the Stanley Cup Le Finals. Cavalier. Wow. We're talking 2004, the last time the NHL was on ESPN during the playoffs. Long time. Long time. Feels good. Um, two blowouts to start. Uh, Carolina takes it 5-1 against Boston. Toronto manhandling Tampa Bay 5-0. That game's about to be over in a couple of minutes. Um, I'll start in the Eastern Conference because that's where we are right now. Um, this is the first year that eight teams got 100 points in a conference. First Crazy. time, which should make for some... Very good playoff series. I think, and if I'm just going to go prediction here, I've got Carolina coming out of the East. Um, wow. I think they have the least, 
I think they have the least glaring weaknesses of any team. I know that's hard to say with how great of a year Florida had, but I just think top to bottom, Florida gets a little more out of their special teams. On the penalty kill being number one, I think that can help neutralize how good Florida's uh, power play can be. And Pinto. I, yeah, go ahead. Real quick, I'm, I I have to call you out here. So so a little while ago, I don't know if the Hurricanes play today really changed your opinion, but a little while ago, you told me uh, Bruins in six. So. Oh, I was joking. I don't know. Oh, okay. I, 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 yeah, oh. I was, yeah. Just making oh, sure yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. joking. No, I, I was I – was, Max made a comment <laughs> to me that he, he thinks it would be fun if the um, – Canes, Rangers, Hurricanes and Rangers met up in the second round, and to to which I responded, Bruins and six as just to you know just a messing with sure that's out there. that I think think the Hurricanes were going to lose, but no, I do think the Hurricanes are going to win. All I right. think the Hurricanes yeah. are are going to win the Eastern Conference and uh, match up with Colorado uh, in the West. I just I don't think that there is a team that is close to Colorado's level. I think they are so far and beyond. You know, Calgary's good. They're not Colorado. Colorado's just better in and and every way, shape, or form. The great thing is, is that the NHL playoffs it never usually tends to go the way uh, that you think it's going to go. There's upsets, teams that you think are going to win a series in five end up losing in four or five, or series you think are going to go five go seven. That's why the NHL playoffs to me is the best series. Um, I think the most compelling series in the East is Toronto Tampa Bay even though Toronto has made quite the statement with the 5 nothing win the pressure for Toronto with the entire weight of a city on its shoulders for how long they have waited to to have a good run this is a team that can do it they have the players they've been doing they've had a, a great season from start to finish this Toronto team has a chance I don't think they will, but they have a chance to represent the Eastern Conference. And I think their series against Tampa Bay is the best first-round series in the East. I've got them in seven over Tampa Bay. I'm mad you said that Stanley Cup final because that's the one I have as well. Um, The Hurricanes is more of a – I mean, I know they're obviously very good, but that was more of a, you know, Homer pick, I guess, Homer – living uh close by but um with the avalanche i feel like the last couple years i've i've picked them just you know obviously not on this show as we didn't have this last year but just i've always said like i think they're going to win it this year and it seems like they always kind of disappoint in the playoffs and so it'll be a a disappointment if they don't make it they are by and large at least make the the finals they are the best team in the western conference you can't there's look in the east i don't think washington's going to make it I don't think Boston can represent the East. I think you can make a case for the other six teams in the Eastern Conference to have a chance to represent. I really think you can make a good case. I, I don't think Panthers you can do that in, in in the West. I don't feel the same way. Colorado's so far. Calgary's a really good team. The Flames, the Flames are my sleeper. The they're Flames good. are my sleeper. They're team. good, Mike. They're 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 solid. I just don't yeah. think they're Carol. I just don't think they're Colorado. Were I the Flames yeah. the best record in the in the West, second best behind Colorado. Oh, okay, in their yeah. division okay. for best. Gotcha. In, they they won right. uh, the Pacific Division. Um, I think if Colorado doesn't get to the finals and represent the West, I think it's a major disappointment for them. Yeah, major too. I think it's expected that they get there, and I think you know Florida. Florida's been good the last few years, really, right. but I think this this year they, I think they assert their dominance over the East, and 
I don't know. We'll see. But, I, but, I, had, but uh, I know. But again, if if Florida loses to Toronto or Carolina, I could see it, right? You can make an argument. Am I going to be shell-shocked? No. Those are really good teams, too. I'll really tell you who they're teams. not going to lose to, the Rangers. They would never lose to the Rangers. Oh, you don't know that. <laughs> Best goalie in the world. Anything can happen. Mike, yeah. do the Penguins upset the Rangers? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think I so. Think with I don't like Pinto, are you are you going? I will you be going a game, game I'll be at game two. Uh I'll be at game seven if there is one. I hope there's not. I don't think there's gonna be one. Um, but I will be at game seven if there is one. Uh, I'll be at game two on Thursday. I got Rangers in five. Um I think that Tristan Jari being out at least for the beginning really hurts the Penguins. Now again, I don't want to take anything away from the great trio of veterans that the Penguins have. I just think top to bottom, the Rangers are just better. Even if Jari's in there, the Rangers have the better goalie. They have the better special teams. They have the best player on the ice this season in the series in Chris Kreider. They're, they, I, I think they're more physical. They won the season series. I think every, I would be extremely disappointed if the Rangers did not win this series. The only thing I think the Penguins have over the Rangers, which I'm sure you would agree with, is experience. Is experience. experience in Crosby, these, in Malkin, and Latang. You know, yeah. with with one more kick at the can, you know, one more chance. Um, yes, I I I agree with you. Uh, they didn't. Penguins didn't play well down the stretch. Um, again, I'll tell you what. Jari's being if it out. Comes, if ahead. it comes down to a game seven, I think the Penguins take it. I don't think it's even at the garden. That. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to get to that. I, I really don't. Um, I would be very disappointed and surprised if the Rangers did not win this series. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. So, this is so Mike, is get. it, is it the Panthers your pick for, for to come out of the East? Yeah. I had the Panthers against uh, Colorado. Okay. Final. Calgary. If, if you're asking me to pick, you know, a sleeper. I think Calgary is my sleeper team. I could see them, you know, making it a series against. Be interesting uh, to see them in a Stanley Cup. It's just a kind of a random it's like the team flames, you don't think yeah. about. Right. You know, yeah. if it's if um, you know, it usually doesn't shake out this way. But if it's one v one, if it's Florida versus Colorado, it's a rematch of the '96 Finals. I don't know if you guys knew that. Pinto, we did it. Just- <laughs> <laughs> that was You're just crazy. If you think we knew that, <laughs> that was the first year that the Avalanche were in Colorado. They won the Stanley oh, Cup. Oh, that their first one. year. <laughs> Listen Mark, to this welcome guy. to the show. Mark Listen was at one guy. of those games. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. there at five years old. No, five years old. I remember every detail. Just no, like Tom. no, more like ten years old. Because even though we're in the same grade, Mark's like eight years older than us. <laughs> True. That is a fun fact. If you didn't know it about Mark, he's actually twice divorced. Uh, so did we all made our our Stanley Cup picks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing too crazy, I guess. And yeah. we got two um, more games um, going on. St. Louis up two nothing on the Road in Minnesota, and then Edmonton, L.A. The two three out west uh, just started mm-hmm. as well. No score. No nice. St. Louis, Minnesota should be a very good series. Two good teams in the central. That should be fun. I got the blues winning that in six. So boys, uh, I think I texted this to you. I was actually at the, uh, the Sabres last home game just real quick on NHL. Cool little story. Gotta throw um, the Sabres. Rick Jenneret. Oh, yeah. You know who Rick Jenneret is? 
Of yeah. Course. Are you I went to, I went to college in Brockport. I, of I think I from you. Is. I think from you talking about him in the past. And so, do you want to your your Pominville quote? I know you love it. Oh, what's the population in <laughs> Pominville? Are you listening, Karuba? So Rick Jenneret, uh, you know, he was the Sabres, the voice of the Sabres for 51 years. And he went through some stuff, just, you know, he, he got sick and he came back and he's had his ups and his downs, but he finally decided to, uh, you know, call it quits and, and lay the mic down one more time. So I was actually at the game and they had a really nice ceremony for him and a tribute and the Sabres ended up winning in overtime. And it was just a really, really cool, uh, it was a cool experience to be there. He came down on the ice. He shook everybody's hands. It was just, was he crying? Thank you. RJ chance going the whole game. And it was cool. It was really cool to experience that. So just while we're touching on the NHL, Rick Jenneret, RJ, we appreciate everything you did for the game and for the Sabres. And when you listen to this, you know, the loss of step boys are thinking of you. Enjoy retirement. Yes, sir. Anything else on NHL boys? Uh, no, man. Oh, oh, I'll give you one more. I'm shaving more. my beard tomorrow for the Rangers. Oh, here we go. We'll post a picture throughout the, the process. <laughs> shaving tomorrow morning. It does not get touched until the Rangers season is over. Hopefully at the end of June with the Stanley Cup. Oh, is this wow. your is this your first time doing this as a married man? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's a big one for you. Yeah, I don't know Let's if uh, I'll be doing the you know June episodes from my apartment if I'm you know still going to be living here, but uh, we'll cross that Ooh. bridge when we get there. Real quick before we move on to a story you may have missed, Pinto one million dollars or uh, Ranger Stanley Cup? Ranger Stanley Cup, dude, come on, Mike, ten million dollars or Ranger Stanley Cup? Ranger Stanley Cup, I need it more. Than one, I billion need dollars, three. one billion dollars, one billion dollars or a Ranger Stanley Cup? Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the pinky to the, yeah. Billion. One billion. Give me that Stanley cup, man. That's all I need. Need that, need that happiness in my life. I know oh. Max would rather have 50 bucks than the hurricanes to win game two. <laughs> all right. Do you want to take the lead on this pencil? Do you want no, to go ahead? I'll, I'll take credit for, for, well, you knew the story. I'll take credit for right. putting <laughs> it on the show. My idea, but I'll let you tell the story itself. Pinto's a big right. soccer guy. So, yeah, huge soccer guy. Shout out Jack Joffman for responding to uh, the posts on Facebook. We are going to talk a little <laughs> bit of soccer today. So a story you may have missed. Um, <clears throat> I don't even know if any of our listeners care about soccer. I'm a big soccer guy. Max and I played together at Brockport. I don't know how much he cares about it outside of playing it. But basically every year, uh, European teams from all over the world. So, well, not just European teams, but teams from all over the world. They come to the U.S. and they play exhibition games. They try to spread the game and uh, as Americans, we have a really good opportunity to go watch some of the best teams in the world play. So I've been to a number of games around the country watching Manchester United, Inter Milan, Barcelona, all these teams, right? So um, there's three teams in particular who were part of this scheme to create a super league that would cause a major fallout in the international game in terms of the Champions League and other leagues and stuff like that right so these three teams real madrid barcelona and juventus um they were planning to play a preseason tournament in the united states and this whole plan is uh, at risk of collapsing i guess so uh basically what's going on is they're exploring other ways of playing friendlies in the u.s uh, they want to maximize their potential income by playing several glamour friendlies before the 2022-23 campaign gets underway um, they're planning on playing in Australia as well. So I'm not really sure as to what the huge problem is. Uh, 
but there's basically this huge fan base that lashed out at them for trying to create the super league. And now there's a ton of backlash on them coming and traveling to the country and people paying for these tickets. So um, it's, it's looking like they're not going to make it here and they're going to try to find other ways to make revenue. So it's just a big story to watch in the international soccer world. So thoughts on that. I'll ask you, you're the soccer guy. What do you think? Well, my thoughts are, so I was completely against the super league being created because I know you don't know this, Pinto, but I'll educate you for a second. The, Please. What the Champions League is, basically, in every top-tier league in the world, the top four teams at the end of each season, they are entered into the Champions League tournament. And how many leagues okay. are there? Uh, well, it depends because there's, there's certain things that uh, there's countless, but basically okay. you end up playing in. So, like you're weighted by certain things and revenue and everything like that. So there could be a hundred leagues, but then there's like a play in that then gets into the tournament, 64 okay. teams, whatever it okay. is. Right. So the champions league in soccer is like, if, if the world cup is here and you guys can't see me, if the world <laughs> cup is, you know, one, a, the champions league is, is one B. Uh, so it, it's like the biggest competition for club teams around the world. Mm -hmm. And what these teams tried to do like 10 or 11 of them, branch out on their own um, they tried to branch out on their own and create their own super league which was gonna hurt not only teams that compete in the champions league in terms of just being out there and competing and trying to win one of the greatest trophies that there is in international soccer but it was gonna hurt revenue streams for tons of teams because there's a trickle-down effect in certain sure. leagues right and you get a certain amount of money for place in your leagues and that trickles down through each tier in your country so it created this huge backlash with certain teams, but also the fan base in general, people who love soccer were totally against this uh, expansion and, and what they were trying to do. So I was completely against that. As far as, you know, boycotting them coming to the U.S. to play exhibition games and paying money to go watch them. I'm not really against them coming here because they're still some of the greatest teams in the world, some of the greatest players in the world. And the opportunity to see them as an American, I'd have to fly to Barcelona, to go watch some of these guys are yeah. fly to Italy to watch them. Right. So for them to come here, you know, I'd pay, I'd pay $80, hundred dollars a ticket to go watch. So I'm not against them coming to the U S I, I can understand why some people would be, but I don't see it as too big of a deal unless they decide to go forward and play in the super league, which a court has ruled basically that they can't. So, so it would kind of be like, I'll even use college. If like Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, Carolina, Villanova branched out and wanted to do so like the, the top of the top, their own tournament, the best they would of no the longer best. play. There would no longer be a March madness. Right. And they would just do their own thing. Yeah. Or there would be a March madness, but the six best teams, the Got six it. most historic teams wouldn't compete in gotcha. anymore. That sounds awful. Revenue would, that sounds terrible. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't sound good for anything. And it's in it. The, the, the worst part is it's like, these fans are looking at it and saying, okay, I've spent the last 30 years of my life giving you everything because I know you're a super fan, Tom, like you love sports, you love your teams, but like soccer in other parts of the world is not, it's not a sport. It's like a, it's a culture. It's a way of life. It's like the religion. way that they feel about the game. It really, really is, man. Like it's crazy. So these fans are looking at it. Like I've given you the last, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, some of these guys, 60, 70 years of my life. I've dedicated and now you're my life me to in this the team. And now you're stabbing me in the back. And all you care about is your money and your revenue. And greed. you're not thinking about us. Exactly. Pure greed. Pure so I get where that's coming greed. from. I get where that's coming from there, but I don't really get where that's coming from 
Americans not gotcha. allowing this to go ahead and play. So sounds sounds like a real mess. I would yeah. I, well, if I, mean, we'll see what if I had any skin in the game, I, w- I would feel the same way as you, and I'm sure a lot of other fans around the world and their anger and their frustration, feeling that the 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 owners and the teams don't care about the people that support them till their dying days. I would right. I'd, I'd feel the same way. I would. Yeah. Happy to have our first soccer story. You're welcome. On the show. Lost I'll wrap us step. up here with our uh, lost a step segment of the week. We touched on it somewhat. Max kind of inadvertently teased <laughs> it uh, before for lost a step this week. We're going to go with the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus smart combination in game one against the bucks. Only 43 points on their home floor guys, 43 points in the first round series against the nets. They averaged 68 and a half. I believe 50, 53 or 54 was their low. And that was in game two. Um, not a very good performance yesterday. Credit does need to go to the Bucks defense. Absolutely. We don't want to take anything away from them. But 43 points at home between those three guys is not going to get it done. Um, now, you know, we just expect them to play better. Max says he expects the Celtics to win tomorrow, but... Who knows? We saw Kevin Durant go 0 for 10 in game two against the Celtics in the second half. So maybe this is, maybe the Bucs have a defensive scheme on point that we're not giving them enough credit for, but we know if the Celtics are going to make this interesting, 43 points from those guys is not going to cut it. So Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart make our lost step segment of the week. I will, I will say really quick, I think, like we talked about earlier, um, we don't know how healthy Marcus Smart is or True. was or is going to be. I'm just picking um, guys. I'm picking on guys that got hurt. I did it with Steven Matz when he had a blister. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And he got a yeah. he had a nice game today. So six shutout innings. Yeah. That's right. There you go. <laughs> See, that blister is nice and healed now. They're listening. But, yeah, so I'm fueling them. They're listening. Now well, they're don't feel the I'm going to show that guy tomorrow. But yeah, so I, I, I do agree though. They 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 need to pick that up. So lost a step. Hate to be on the list. If you're listening, guys. Be better. Not a Max list doesn't you want be you on. to be better, but please be better. Be better next year. <laughs> well, any uh final thoughts here, boys? Anything we want to talk about real quick before we go? I'm so excited. Rangers tomorrow, and I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. I would just I guess just fear the deer. That's all. Sorry I was out uh most of the episode. I was uh golfing a quick nine. This oh, guy, no. man. He had to do oh, it. He had to. No. I had to do it. I had to do golfing it. at night. You're golfing a quick nine at night. Yeah, it's called I a lo- golf simulator, bro. You can go into a room and hit it against the like a. It's almost like a screen, and it's a. Simulator well, here's the thing. I, golf is bad I, enough in in reality. Why would you want to pretend that you were playing? I'm not happy about where this where this ended up here. Also, we this might be a bad question out. too. Before you you sign us off, uh, Marcone, but Pinto. You don't have any issues with soccer at all, because I know, like we just talked about soccer, and you seem kind of interested, but you don't, you don't feel strongly about soccer. I, I feel I, like that's a sport that you would have issues with uh, in the past. Let's I, make the people mad. Let's make the people mad right now. I appreciate Let's, how much of a global game it is, and how obsessive down, people get over it. I find trouble. I find myself having watching trouble it. watching it. I, it's 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 hard. It's hard for me to watch it. I respect the fanhood that many teams and clubs and 
people all over the world have for it. I respect that to no end. I have trouble myself watching it. It's hard for me. So definitely not golf. Definitely not golf. No, I would. I'd watch soccer. I'd watch 20 soccer games before I watch three rounds of golf on TV. That's what is okay. it about soccer that that's hard for you to watch? Is it because you don't understand like the game and what you're looking don't at? I understand or the game. It... I ref soccer for 10 years. I understand <laughs> the game. Wow. I, I didn't know that about you. I ref soccer from 2006 to 2015. You must have been a horrible ref. I want to let you know that we as players, we all know the, the officials that have never played the game before and we hate you. We I despise you. I you played do the not... game for like eight years. What? When? From when? Age, age four to age 12? About, age six, one to... about six to 14. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't think I ever knew I that. I didn't know that. He yeah. just never wanted to tell us. I, I, I wasn't you imagine. I, played, right you a I just played varsity. That's all. I wasn't yeah. good. Varsity. I wasn't. I got good. recruited. The... Hey, I was just all state, you know. What position did you play? <laughs> Wherever my rec coach put me. I don't know. I usually didn't play defense. Probably left out midfield. I could see goalies just because of the yeah. hands and the. Why not goalie? Play, you would usually didn't play goalie too much, but no. I that played... surprises me. I have a hard time watching on TV. I, I find that the scoring chances can sometimes be so few and far between. And I guess yeah, that's but see, that kills me because you like baseball so much. But I grew up with it, man. It's just like innate, right? It's like I I know. But if you're my talking first about early the... memories, you know, I I say this all the time. Baseball is not a sport you can pick up and enjoy when you're in your mid thirties, you have to like it from when you're a kid. You say that all the time. Is that what you just said? All the time. Who do you say you that to all the time? Basketball. Who are you, you saying that up. to? I, hey, my name's have... Tom Pinto. Do you like baseball? It's when he's watching when I, Purdue Virginia highlights. When I, when I come across people who don't <laughs> like baseball and I say, did you watch it as a kid? And nine out of 10 times, the answer is no. It's not a uh-huh. sport that you can pick up when you're in yeah, your middle, I when you're a middle-aged person. That was how no, Tom picked up his wife. Hey, my name's Tom Pinto. Do you like golf and or soccer? <laughs> She's like, I don't really care. Put on sports. I'll take a nap on the couch. Listen, I'm not. You should be happy, Mike, that I'm not bad mouthing soccer. And I'm being your opinion. And- hold on. I will reiterate what I said last time. Your opinions and your views do not reflect the opinions or views of anyone else on this show. So I'm not bothered at all. We need to start with that every soccer. episode. I still love. Yeah, I know. We should just have a. Guys, we we had to end with a little bit of spice, you know, a little bit of spice. Well, spice. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. A spice in the crock pot. No, yeah. I, I think soccer. The whole. I think it's cool that it's such a global game and played. Quit everywhere. waving your hands in the air. And like you're. I'll wave it. my hands wherever I want to. Wave. <laughs> so I think that's cool. I, it's just a little hard for me to watch, but you know, if you feel the same, well, you watch baseball, so. I know. no, I I don't feel that way about baseball. I just know that baseball can be like a. You know, not boring is the wrong word because I enjoy the game of baseball, but there are a lot of people who say that baseball is, is yeah. boring. And I would you know tell what them I mean? that and they I, probably I could... weren't watching it when they were four years old like I was. Again, but what I'm saying is, is you can watch a game, a baseball game and one nothing and, and it, you'd be happy with it. And I can watch a soccer game that's zero zero or one nothing. And I'm happy with it because it could be a good game because I can analyze the game and understand it and I enjoy it. So I've that's I've tried, but it's tough for me. I've tried. We're doing just fine without you in the soccer community. So okay, doesn't seem like I'm wanted. Now I'm not going to try anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm always part of boys, the community. I used to ref. <laughs> this has gone on long enough. Episode eight in the books. Mike Marcone, Max Con, Tom Pinto, Mark DiStefano. Peace. <laughs>